I'm Felix Salmon, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. Today is Monday, November the 15th, and we are focused on a very big story. Humans in space via SpaceX. SpaceX is the Elon Musk company that isn't Tesla. It has been sending civilians into space. It has been sending NASA astronauts into space. It has been bringing NASA astronauts down from the International Space Station. It is building a spaceship to take humans to the moon. All of this is what I'm going to be talking to Miriam Kramer about. She is the amazing space correspondent for Axios. She also hosted the even more amazing How It Happened podcast for Axios. And we're going to talk about what happened last week, like the test of the Starship engines by SpaceX, the return of the Crew-2 mission from the International Space Station, where they'd been spending like the previous 200 days floating in orbit. We're going to talk about the civilians. She's been following SpaceX and its astronauts for years. I'm going to ask her what she's learned from those humans, what it might tell us about future civilian missions, and what it tells us about the future of SpaceX and where it's making its money. All of that coming up on Axios Recap. Miriam Kramer, welcome. Thanks, Felix. Thanks for having me. You are the expert on humans going into space, and humans are going into space like all the time now. It's a, it's a thing. It is a thing. There are a lot of people going into space these days. And you've been talking to these people who've been going onto space, and a lot of them have been going into space on SpaceX rockets, which is the company that is largely owned by Elon Musk, and he loves sending people into space. And is this just the sort of final gasps of late capitalism doing something really dumb, or is this actually, is there a there there? I think there's a there there. I mean, SpaceX is partnering with NASA. Like most of the launches that they're doing are through NASA contracts. So they're getting real money from the government. The government is supporting them. They're backing their work. And it's the only way at the moment that NASA astronauts can actually get into orbit. So basically NASA has outsourced the whole like going into space thing to SpaceX. Effectively, yeah. Which is great for Elon because he's like, I get to do this stuff for NASA and I get all of this government money. How interested is NASA in sending humans into space? I mean, very interested. NASA is still the biggest customer for SpaceX when it comes to human spaceflight. You had the private Inspiration4 mission that actually flew back in September, and that was entirely private. There were no NASA astronauts on board. NASA wasn't involved at all. But most of the launches that we're seeing, like last week, SpaceX launched a new crew of astronauts to the space station for NASA, and they also brought another crew of astronauts home. So it's becoming a real thing for NASA to trust SpaceX with this difficult work. It's almost as though they are running a shuttle that goes into space and shuttles astronauts back and forth. They should come up with a name for that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you can't use the space shuttle anymore. <laughs> They're all in museums. So we got this is what we got, Felix. <laughs> what, so what's the name of this uh, space shuttle 2.0 that SpaceX has? It's called the Crew Dragon, and it launches on top of the Falcon 9 rocket. The Crew Dragon? I mean, I have to say Crew Dragon is a better name than Space Shuttle. I think Dragon in general is like a fun name for a It is a, a fun a name. Ship. I'll give yeah. I'll give Elon that. So my next question is, if SpaceX is like the main part of 
human spaceflight for NASA. How big is human spaceflight as a sort of percentage of what SpaceX does? It's a fairly large percentage of it, except that the, the interesting thing is these days, SpaceX has been focusing a lot on other parts of its business. So for example, they are launching this constellation of Starlink satellites that are designed to beam internet down to the ground. They have kind of a head start on a lot of their competition because they already have hundreds of satellites in orbit and most other companies do not at this point. But then the other interesting thing is they're really looking to the future. So a lot of the exciting stuff that they're doing is actually this new ship called Starship. That's not a sci-fi name at all. It's crazy. I mean, it's a sci-fi name, but it's actually happening. (laughs) You have this, you know, big rocket. The plan is to make it this huge rocket that can actually go to the moon, go to other places in the solar system. And the really wild thing is that NASA is backing it. SpaceX actually just won a contract from NASA to use the Starship to launch this human lander that will actually get people to the moon for NASA. So NASA eventually wants to go back to the moon. They're giving SpaceX kind of the keys to, to help get them there. Hasn't NASA like been to the moon once already? Why, why do they want to go back? This was actually a Trump administration plan that the Biden administration has taken up as its own. Uh, it's a mission called Artemis. Uh, it's this program basically will have potentially the first people flying back to the moon since the 70s. And the hope is that it'll start happening by around 2025. Uh, NASA had to adjust their schedule last week, actually. So they announced last week that they aren't going to get there by 2024, but it's looking more like 2025 at this point. And is that because of SpaceX delays or just because NASA's being NASA? Well, it's a lot of things. I mean, it's it's NASA being NASA. Like, these systems are incredibly difficult and expensive. It's also that, like, there have been budget shortfalls for a number of years for this program. It's just been difficult to get the money to make it happen. It, it's hard to make the case that sending men or women or both onto the moon is really infrastructure investment. It's hard to make that case. Yeah, it's hard to get it in the infrastructure bill. I think that's true. You're going to have to find that money somewhere else. I mean, the wild thing, though, is if you have a company like SpaceX that's attached to it, like it's a job creating type of thing. Like you can make that kind of circuitous argument (laughs) if you want to. We will send people to the moon as a way of creating jobs in Austin, Texas. Tell me a little bit about SpaceX's like revenues. Obviously, a massive chunk of them are coming from NASA and will be coming from NASA if they are going to start ferrying people to the moon and back. Obviously, historically, a huge chunk has come from corporations who want to put satellites into orbit. Is that the main chunk for the foreseeable future? Or is there actually going to be a significant revenue stream from space tourists just hitching a ride into space because they feel like that sounds fun? I think you got it. I think like most of it is going to come from other corporations buying rides with their rockets. A lot of it's going to come from NASA and other government entities. Like They have contracts with the military as well to launch military satellites. And then you also have other nations that are contracting with SpaceX to launch their own satellites. So it's not just American satellites going up on SpaceX rockets. The interesting thing is when you have these private missions to space, they're not necessarily huge revenue generators, but they also like bring a ton of attention to the industry and a ton of attention to SpaceX. Like when Inspiration4 launched, everybody was watching that. We even had an Axios podcast, an entire podcast, not podcast episode, but a whole podcast devoted to that. Was that related? You Wait, you did that. 
That was me. Thanks. That was you. <laughs> good, good plug, man. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Miriam's podcast about inspiration for, you should, because it's awesome. And more podcasts, it's more about it. So Miriam, we now have a bunch of humans who have stepped out of SpaceX vehicles and talked to you. So you are now the expert on all things humans stepping out of SpaceX vehicles. What did they tell you? What have we learned? Yeah. Um, so I caught up with the Inspiration4 crew this week, actually. And it's been really interesting to talk to them. It sounds like their lives are still very much dominated by space. They have been working on various like projects. And uh, Cyan Proctor, one of the crew members, is, is doing art that's kind of based on space. Two of them said that they had dreams about space after they came back to Earth, but none of them remember dreams that they had in space, which I found kind of fun and interesting. But it just sounds like they are in many ways still celebrities. And what's interesting about that is that eventually people in the space industry want to see the idea of private space flight sort of transition from being this rarefied air that only like a few very rich or very lucky people can breathe into becoming something that's that's more average and everyday, like flying on an airplane. And there's still a long way. Accessible to your like common or garden person with like 20 or 30 million dollars in the bank and they can be like, I can I can see myself doing this. I honestly, I think that the big dream, though, Felix, is that one day, like, you and me will be able to hitch a ride on a SpaceX rocket. Miriam, thank you so much. We will all now stop listening to this show and start listening to your podcast, which is much better than this one. Thanks, buddy. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Welcome back. What I'm watching today is the big decision facing Joe Biden. He has interviewed the two leading candidates for Fed chair. There's the one who's in there right now, Jay Powell. And then there's Lael Brainerd, who is a colleague of Powell's at the Fed. Both of them would be pretty much the same in terms of monetary policy, what they would do with interest rates. So he has interviewed them both about that and other things. He spent about an hour talking to each of them. The difference between them is basically bank regulation. It seems that Leo Brainerd is a bit tougher on the banks or would like to be a bit tougher on the banks, especially when it comes to things like carbon emissions. So that could be the tiebreaker. But Janet Yellen, if she has an important voice in this, seems to be on Team Powell. So most likely is Jay Powell will be renominated. There's a small chance that Leo Brainerd will get the nod instead. And there's a tiny chance it'll be neither of them. And it might be someone like Raphael Bostic. That's expected later this week. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Felix Salmon, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.